bless God on today. Welcome to Prophetic Talk. This is Prophetess Tamika King coming to you with definitely um, a word of encouragement, um, a word of wisdom in the fact that, you know, in our giving and in our donations uh, and in our offerings and in our tithes, you know, we want to use wisdom. Because the Bible says the Lord would not have us to be ignorant. And so on today, this is very personal to me because I am actually going to be sharing my testimony as the Lord leads. I may not go into exact detail with everything because everybody is not ready for all the details of your testimony, (laughs) but I want to talk about how the Lord has restored me and restoration. Okay. So... In um, about 2015, um, I started having dreams about a very popular prophet, and I mistook those dreams. Now, I now God can give give us dreams, and He gives me dreams and visions, but we must seek the Holy Spirit for the answer. I mistook I mistook those dreams or misunderstood those dreams as it meaning that that um, famous prophet was going to be my husband. And um, what happened was people began to impersonate that famous prophet, which his name is Prophet Manasseh Jordan. Uh, um, at that time, I think um, maybe Wasat was just coming out. And what, I was just starting my ministry and I was very young and naive and really looking for love and really wanting to be married so bad. And, uh, um, so I was having these dreams. About him, and basically, when you dream about a prophet, that does not necessarily mean that they're your husband. It does not mean that that is the man of God that God is placing in your life. Um, it could mean that uh, that person may have some type of uh, spiritual purpose in your life, or it could mean that you may ha- you might ha- highly regard that person, and uh, they. God could be using them as an example or as a representation of something else or someone else in your life. And so in this particular instance, God was using him as a representation because I held him in high regard. I was completely infatuated and, you know, um, I knew that this just was going to be my husband or I uh, wanted so badly for him to be my husband because I felt he was like the perfect perfect type of person that I would want to be with. Okay, so through the process of time, I kept meeting people that claimed to be him, claimed to be him, and I thought I was building ministry with them, and these people would be really from Africa, and they would be scammers, and I kept meeting scammer after scammer after scammer, you know, and I still kept having these these dreams and dreams and visions, dreams and visions, and um, my ambition got in the way of God's will. So sometimes we can have good intentions and our intentions are not bad. The things that we're hoping for and wishing for are not necessarily outside of God's will, but our ambition has to be, uh, I would say, disciplined or catered to the will of God. We have to go after things that the Lord wants us to go after. We have to seek things that the Lord wants us to seek. And there will be times in our life that we want things that the Lord has not purposed for us. There will be times in our lives that we have things in our life that we don't necessarily want to give up yet. 
and um, that's just being real. And as a prophet of God, I'm very transparent because I know many people are going through some of the same things. And they may not understand, well, why is this happening to me? Or they may feel alone like or embarrassed um, because they've been scammed online because they fell for a lie. Um, and, and even with online dating, you have to be very careful because um, it, it gives an illusion of love and going on the online dating sites and thinking that you're going to find Mr. Right or Mrs. Right or find the perfect partner for you. And I'm not saying that you can't find love online. I'm not saying that, you know, God doesn't allow people to meet online because in some instances, long distance relationships can uh, be a good thing, especially, you know, when we're keeping ourselves um, for marriage, for example. Um, however, online relationships are not for everybody. And whatever the relationship or whatever the purpose, whatever the intent, whatever the goal, whatever your ambition, just make sure that it's in line with God's will. So I lost everything. Basically, I gave, I was given my last. I was on welfare at the time. And I've always been taught, like, you know, did you give God your best? You give God, you know, I, I had great faith. And like I said, it was all in the wrong ambition, all in the wrong intentions. Okay. So, you know, these people would say, oh, we can't, I can't video chat with you because I'm famous and, or my manager won't allow me or, um, you know, you just have to trust me. And, um, sometimes they would go through WhatsApp, which I really don't like to use with that WhatsApp because I'm not saying that it's a bad app. I'm just saying a lot of scammers use it. So I really don't like to associate myself with that app. I, I have been on there once or twice to try to promote the ministry and actually my ministry from the very start from the very start when I started Kingdom Ministries International that was the first ministry I started even way before this COVID and everything uh, I actually started through a WhatsApp group and reaching out to people in Africa and giving them the word of God so that ministry is now closed <laughs> and um, now I am focusing on Hope International ministry or for short him h-i-m so i lost everything i had to move in with family and for quite some time i was with family first my father who i thank god that he allowed me to take me in because my mom couldn't at the time and um, i was homeless i didn't have anywhere to go i had to find a place to live um i was evicted from my apartment um subsidized apartment at the time and it led uh to um, me moving in with my father then after being with my father for a year I was actually with my mom moved in next with my mom um but then my mom uh my grandfather second wife had passed away and uh when she passed away my my mom took in my grandfather and I had an opportunity to get in my own place but instead I waited and uh waited to uh assist and I decided to assist my mom with helping um with taking care of my grandfather so I stayed with my mom um after that you know my grandfather did pass of COVID recently um God bless his soul uh but um he helped my mom for about a year uh taking care of my grandfather before it came too much because he had dementia and um anyway 
so I just recently, uh, in March, February of last year, um, it's coming on the year anniversary, just recently moved into a three-bedroom apartment. Uh, well, three-bedroom house. It's like a duplex. One side is my landlord lives on the other side I live on. Um, it's a beautiful house. Um, and I was able to get an emotional support animal uh, that I love animals. I love dogs especially. And I've always wanted one. And previously, growing up, you know, we couldn't always afford the dog and the animal. We had to give them away. And that just broke my heart. And so, you know, having this animal or having this, this puppy, this dog, kind of represented a part of my childhood that I was getting back. I know that may seem silly, but that's the truth. And so, moving along, <laughs> um, as I said, God restored me. And I'm not saying that I don't have difficulties right now. I'm not saying I'm not facing financial issues or financial troubles right now. But I'm saying that from everything that I lost in 2015, he has given me back and more. That doesn't mean that the enemy doesn't challenge me. That doesn't mean I don't have financial problems. That doesn't mean I don't have necessarily, that I don't have financial debt or financial things going on because I do have financial things going on. But from where I was then to where I am now, I am a changed person and I now know how to deal with scammers. I now can see them a mile away. <laughs> and I do want to be an advocate for people, not to say that you can't get to Africa because Nigeria is known to be uh, the scamming capital of the world. Uh, and our money, American money, uh, goes further there. A dollar in American money is like $100 there. So a lot of times, um, African people assume that we are so rich, but they don't really understand how American money operates in America and how it compares uh, to how the two countries compare. They just automatically assume that everyone in America is rich, you know, because we have more opportunities. And I have to say that we as Americans don't really realize how um, how good we do have it in this country. First of all, being able to freely worship, that's number one. Number two, uh, the resources that are given to us and provided for us in this country. Um, I'm not saying that you should make a life out of being on welfare or being on government assistance. But if we use the resources that are given to us properly, we can uh, increase quality of our life and we can use it to uh, our advantage and not use it to our disadvantage by um, trying to live off the system or trying to cheat the system um, because we're black or because we feel as though that we were born into a situation that was uh, poverty because truly um, I know I mean, there are times I've been without food and, and different things. And, you know, I may have had only vegetables to eat, you know, but I had something to eat. Or, you know, I've been without food and I prayed and somebody came by and, you know, gave me a plate. Or my family, you know, came by and gave me some groceries. And, you know, there have been times that I have hardships myself. And a lot of people from Africa don't really realize that Americans have hardships, that we have homeless, that we have people in poverty. And they also automatically assume that because we are Americans or because we are Canadian or because our, we are European, uh, because our country is um, more established in their country, then we all automatically have an obligation to give to them. And that is not true. 
So that is my testimony. Take it as you will. Chew the meats without the bones. Maybe not everything in my testimony is for you. Um, but I'm sure there's something in there that can encourage you. So now I'm going to go into the word of the Lord and I want to pray. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that you would just begin to minister to your people, Lord God, through this word. I pray, Lord God, if there is any lonely person, any lonely woman, any lonely man that is uh, looking for love online, I pray that you would guide them, Lord God. I pray that you would direct them, Lord God. I pray that you would give them wisdom so that they would not fall into any scamming, uh, any scam artists, any con artists, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that you would help us, Lord God, to look to you as our source of love that you would help us to to look to you to heal our soul from past relationships, from things that have hurt us, from things that we are still trying to get over and people we are still trying to get over. I pray that you would break all ungodly souls, soul ties, Lord God, and even those things in our lives that we're not willing to give up yet that may not necessarily be of you. Lord God, I pray that you would give us the strength, Lord God, and the motivation to give those things up before you willingly and I pray that as we're in the process of giving those things up Lord God that you would have mercy upon us that you would preserve us in the name of Jesus I pray Lord God that for those people who are in Africa those people who are in third world countries Lord God who uh, see a severe amount of poverty who don't have the same opportunities as Americans or as an established country um, with money or uh, who live in a country that may uh use all their resources for those who are within the government and not necessarily for the people. I pray, Lord God, that you would touch them, especially those in the household of faith, Lord. I pray that you would give them wisdom. I pray that you would open up doors for them. I pray that you would give them opportunities. And most of all, Lord, I pray that you would give them favor because favor can open doors and favor is better than silver and gold. I pray, Lord God, that you would give um, those who have a heart of a giver. I pray that you would give them wisdom in their giving so that they would not be scammed, so they would not be taken advantage of, so they would not be give, give under compulsion or um, under guilt, but they would give in the spirit of love and the spirit of joy along with wisdom. So Lord, I pray, Lord God, that whoever hears this, um, whoever hears this message, that they would be touched, that you would, uh, that you would minister to them and uh, that they would have a better understanding of tithing, giving, donations, and um, helping others who are less fortunate than ourselves. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, so I want to go into um, the scripture, and these are the scriptures that I'm going to be using to basically explain my point and what the Lord has given me concerning uh, giving and donations and offerings and how that relates to and how that relates to um, our series, or not necessarily our series, but our topic and our theme for season three, which is our love walk. So, okay, in Genesis uh, 4, 1 through 6, we see the story of how um, Cain and Abel's offering, Cain's offering wasn't accepted, Abel's offering was accepted. We know that Abel's offering was accepted because he gave his best before God. It wasn't because of versus vegetables, meat, meat versus vegetables. <laughs> uh, excuse me, it's early this morning. Um, it was the attitude in which the offering was given. And it was the type of which the offering was given. Not necessarily, again, not meat versus vegetables, but 
not giving God your best. Cain didn't give his best before the Lord. So we see in verse 6 that um, I'm going to read it. It's Genesis 4, 6. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will not will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin crouches crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Amen. So we see that here in this scripture that the Lord tells Cain automatically he sees that Cain is upset um, because he, his offering wasn't accepted. That's number one. He tell, he sympathizes with Cain. He tells him, I understand that you're upset. I see that, you're, that you're, your countenance is, is not the same, that, that you're sad. But then he also corrects Cain and he tells him, you know, if you do what's right, I'll accept it. So that means that he did not do what was right and he did not do what was acceptable and he did not give his best because it tells us that Cain gave his best. Then he warns him and tells him, okay, sin is crouching at your door. It's almost as if say you're going to open your door or you're getting ready to open your door and you don't know someone is outside of that door crouching under the door to, to the point where you can't see them and you don't know that they're aware. I mean, you're not aware of their presence. So when you open your door, they pounce on you, you know? Uh, so that's kind of the illustration that the Lord has given us here or given Cain here. Cain may not have seen the severity of his sin. And so what was Cain's sin? He was jealous. He was jealous of Abel. And that jealousy birthed murder. So you have to be very careful of your interaction with people and how you your attitude towards them I've been um I'm not far from envy I'm not far from jealousy in my youth you know I've been envious of people I've been jealous of people um I I felt like the wrong the, the people who did wrong prospered more than the people of God you know and and there was a time that I was resentful of that but that was in my youth you know um, I was young, but now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. Amen. So we have to understand that in any circumstance or situation that we're in, God always has the solution. He always gives us an opportunity, a door of escape, an opportunity to repent. But we have to be willing to take that opportunity. He even gave Cain the solution because he told him, you must rule over sin. Amen. You must rule over sin, have dominion over it. And a lot of times, even in our Christianity, um, even in, in even in after we're saved, um, and we, we still might have a carnal mind in some areas, um, which means like we still think like the world in some areas, or we have not given over everything in our life, every area of our life over to God, especially when it comes to relationships and sex and or homosexuality or uh, uh, different things that we see um, people struggle with um, on today. Uh, so there, but God always gives us that solution, but we have to be willing. We have to be willing to be able to accept the solution that he gives. And many times the solution that he gives is not what we want to hear. It's not, it doesn't feel good and it's uncomfortable and it may cause us to have to change some things in us. For instance, um, okay, we'll take the uh, topic of um, homosexuality. If the Bible says that homosexuality is wrong, 
yet there are people in this world that may be attracted to the same sex. Does that mean that the Bible is wrong? Does that mean that God is wrong? Does that mean that the Bible is obsolete and not current for today? Or is there a deeper meaning in that? So I have done some research in the area, and I can say that um, the one scripture where it does say that it is an abomination just means that it's taboo, that it came from uh, uh, the whole act of homosexuality uh, came from um, in the Bible times, uh, or even before Bible times, came from pagan worship, um, uh, worshiping deities and having sex with each other in the church and or what would be the pagan church. Um, I'm not saying that anybody who uh, is homosexual is pagan. I'm not saying that. I'm coming from a church standpoint or um, church history standpoint of this particular topic. Um, We at Hope International Ministries, we accept all people, no matter your race, no matter your gender no matter your your sexuality we accept all people and what I say is I preach the word of God I preach it and and I allow him to speak to me and through me and it's up to you to grasp that word and it's up to you to apply that word to your life however the Lord deals with you and his word so I'll put it like that but anyway so say if the Lord says that's wrong are we willing to give it up are we willing to change you know, to align with his will, you know, for, and even we can break it down to um, those who may have addictions, for those who may have addictions, and it doesn't, the Bible doesn't say it's a sin to drink, it basically says, you know, being drunkard is a sin, and what, that comes down to, again, the point being, sin ruling over you to the point where you have no control over yourself or over your actions the the deed or the 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 action comes overpowers you to the point where you have no sense uh you have no sense of discipline in the area and it can constricts you to when you feel that urge you have to do it or you overdo it so I hope this is really getting to you and getting in your spirit. And again, you know, um, I believe that God is God of all and he, and no matter what addiction you may have, and I do understand that addictions are hard to break and hard to come out of, but we know that there's nothing impossible for God. And I am not saying that anyone who drinks, uh, is out of the will of God or out of line of God. I'm not saying that. I'm just using these examples um, that are current in today's uh, topic of Christianity. And I'm using these examples and these topics to emphasize or explain a point. And basically that point is, if there's something in your life that God lets you know personally that this is not something that he wants for you, but it's something that you want for yourself. Are you willing to give it up? Or are you willing to, because sometimes we're not willing to give it up. We're not ready to give it up, but he can take us through this processing and it's not going to be comfortable and it's not going to be a, 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 a joyous process. It's going to be very stripping. It's going to be very raw. It's going to be a wilderness experience, but he will take us through a process, you know, of, of letting things go. 
especially things that are not aligned with his will. But we have to know God for ourselves and have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ so that we and know his word for ourselves so that we uh, have that measuring stick to say, okay, this is my relationship with God. And what is he telling me? What has he shown me? I take in what the preacher says. I take in uh, fellowship with the church because it tells me to fellowship with the church. And that's where we draw strength from each other. You know, that's where we commune with each other. And and church uh, prayer, corporate prayer, corporate worship is a very powerful moving thing. And But what is my relationship with God? When I'm home, when I'm alone, when nobody is looking, when nobody is seeing, what is my relationship with God? And, and that's what it has to come down to, your personal relationship with God. Okay, so moving along to 2 Corinthians uh, 9, 6 through 7. It says, the point is this, whosoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly, or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver. So we always hear this to say that we should give joyously and God loves a cheerful giver. But many people don't quote the full scripture. So what it's saying is we know that we reap what we sow. So whatever we do has consequences and actions, whether those consequences be good or bad, positive or negative, we will get a consequence to those actions. We will get an effect from those actions. Okay, so the Lord's saying is you put in, you get out what you put in. So if you put, if you just give sparingly and just, it's like, here, God, then you've reaped sparingly. God is like, here, here, back to you. <laughs> you know, if you give bountifully uh, and I, I'm giving out of joy, I'm giving out of my reverence to God. Um, I'm doing this because I want to please God. Then God says, okay, I received that bountiful gift and I give you back more bountiful gifts. Okay. We even see with the um, parable of the talents that those who multiplied those talents got more talents, but those who did nothing with those talents was punished and punishment with God is final. Discipline is, is, is an ongoing process. Just as you are, was raising a child or disciplining a child, you know, it's an ongoing process. Um, and until they get to the point where they're out of your hands okay but with God we are never out of his hands so it's always an ongoing process but when at death whatever we however we lived our life whether we accepted Jesus Christ or not if we did not accept Jesus Christ we go straight to hell okay that's just the word of God I can't put it any other way however if we have accepted Jesus Christ uh, we go to heaven but when the rapture comes and when uh, the, the end of the world comes, so to speak, then we will all be judged by our actions and by what we did. Okay. Um, I mean, a little beside the topic. I don't know why the Lord sent me, put me, sent me that way, but um, it's maybe it's for somebody. So my point is when we give, it says, don't give reluctant, reluctantly. You know, don't give um, out of frustration. Don't give um, uh, with a bad attitude. You know, we want to give cheerfully. And then this is the part that people, I, I, I didn't see this before in the scripture. And this is the part that it says, 
don't give out of under compulsion. And a lot of times, sometimes you'll go to church and you'll say, and you'll hear somebody say, or a, a prophet say, or a preacher say, I know there's someone here who can give $5,000, or I know there's someone here who can give $1,000, or 10 people get up right now and give $100. Okay, so it's, I'm not saying that the Lord didn't tell that person, or that prophet, or that preacher, that there's not people there that can give that, that amount. The Lord may have told them that, but that person that has that amount okay I'm sure the Lord has already ministered to that person and been speaking to that person about giving that amount all right sometimes we don't have we don't have it to give and that's okay we give when you give it's the faith you give it in not the amount you give it in so maybe you are touched by, and, 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 and by someone, by a preacher saying, okay, give $100, or you want to give $100 to a ministry, or you want to give $50 to a ministry, you know, and they ask for it right then, and you don't have it. My suggestion would be, first of all and foremost, to pray about it. Give it some time, maybe a day, sleep on it, and pray about it, and seek the Lord about it. And if the Lord says, okay, give $50, then you, when you get paid, you set aside that 50 off the top, you know, or if it's a situation where you have to save up for it, then you save up for it. Like say, for instance, if you made a pledge, then you save up for it. Okay. But don't give under compulsion. Don't give under guilt. Don't allow any, don't allow anyone to guilt trip you into giving a donation or into sowing a seed or into, um, helping the poor or helping the homeless. Okay. Cause sometimes point blank period, sometimes we just don't have it to give and that's nothing wrong with that. Even, uh, Peter said, and it's in acts three, six, someone had asked him for alms and he said, silver and gold have I not. He didn't have anything to give at that time, but he has such as I have, I give unto you. And when we're dealing with people from third world countries, and we're dealing with uh, sewing now. I'm not saying that you can't you can't send somebody Western Western Union money through a, to a third world country. I'm not saying that you not to do that. I'm saying use wisdom in your giving, whether it's in America, whether it's in Africa, whether it's in Canada, whether it's in your local church. I'm saying use wisdom in your giving. Okay, so pray about it first. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. And then whatever amount the Holy Spirit has spoken to you to give, make sure you are obedient and give it. Even if it takes you a while to give it, you know, that's fine. Just make sure that you're obedient in doing what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. And don't go back on your word. Okay? Don't intend, don't try to cheat the Lord. Uh, and we see that through Ananias and Sapphira. At first, when the first when the call came at first for everyone to sell all their possessions uh, within the church, to sell all their possessions, and then give it to the church and divvy it out so everybody would have. That's what they were doing at the time. So everybody would have, and there would be no poor, there would be no homeless, or people struggling within the church. That was the mandate. They agreed to that mandate. But later on, okay, it's implied that the husband and wife got together, and after they said they was going to give a certain amount, they after they said they was going to give a certain amount or give all of what they had, they kept back a portion. 
They kept back a portion and said that that was all that they had to give. And it wasn't all that they had to give. So they lied to the Holy Spirit. That's an unforgivable sin. It will bring death. It may not bring death immediately, but it will bring death. And that has happened in the New Testament. So I encourage you to read Acts 3 when you have time so that you can understand. You can understand uh, that point and understand what it means to lie to the Holy Spirit. Now, it's, it's definitely something, it's, it's difference between lying and changing your mind. You have every right to change your mind. And God has not raised us up to be robots, okay? He gives us free will. So even when he makes a covenant with us, we can break that covenant and there will be consequences to breaking that covenant, which I spoke on before. But we have to make the decision, okay, to follow or not to follow, to obey or to disobey. And the word says that obedience is better than sacrifice, Okay, so for those who have who have that, there is a gift. We all have gifts, and one of the gifts of the spirit, or one of the gifts that you that God can give you, is a gift of giving. This is a very powerful gift, and um, you will always remain blessed as you be as you're obedient to God's leading in this gift. But again, use wisdom in your giving. Okay, use wisdom in your giving. Even in even when you have that gift of giving, still use wisdom and always let the Holy Spirit guide you. But here are some scriptures on generosity. Proverbs 19, 17 says, The generous, the gener that those who are generous will, will be repaid and they will always be blessed. Uh Proverbs 22:9 says, Those who share food with others will always be blessed. Okay. And now we're going to 2 Thessalonians 3:10 and this is the amplified. For even while we were with you, we used to give you this order. If anyone is not willing to work, then he is not then he is not to eat either. Okay. So you may have heard that people say, well if you're not willing to work then the, the Lord says you can't eat or something like that. Or you might have heard people quote this scripture uh, uh, in the past or currently. Um, and I just want to talk about this. Um, there are places in Africa that the work may not be as as prevalent as it is here. It may not be. You may be working. They may be working a whole week and maybe get $10 or $5 or something like that. Or they may be working a whole month and get $40. And um, compared to Americans, as we work, and we may get hundreds of dollars, you know. Or compared to American who is not working or who may be struggling that may be on welfare. And I don't believe that we should put people down for being on welfare. I've been on welfare before. I get assistance even now. Um, and that doesn't mean that they're a bad person. That doesn't mean that they're taking advantage of the system. You never know what situation or where you may be put in life. So you should never look down on someone. You should never judge anyone uh, for their financial situation. Amen? Okay. Now the word of God does says that Christians can uh, admonish each other you know, correct each other, okay, but never correct someone, uh, uh, 
because of their financial situation, okay? Now, it also says, the scripture that I just read, that if you're not willing to work, then you don't eat either. And that's true today. If you don't work, then you're going to have a problem eating. You're going to have a problem sustaining yourself. You're going to have a problem uh, taking care of yourself, taking care of your children if you don't work, okay? But it says not willing to. So some people are willing to, they just don't have the opportunity to present present it to themselves for them to, to get to the work, for them to work, or they may be uh, uh, not have the proper education to get the best work. So we're not saying uh, for those who may be on assistance, uh, those who may be struggling on unemployment, uh, we're not saying that this scripture applies to them. This scripture applies to those who are unwilling to work. Many times people in Africa um, feel as though I'm not going to work because that is not sufficient for me. Just because it's not sufficient for, for you uh, in the natural doesn't mean that God can't bless you in it. God is the God everywhere, over America, over Africa, over the world, over the universe. So just because something may not be uh, uh, adding up to you doesn't mean necessarily that it's not something that God doesn't want you to do, okay? Because I feel as though if you're hungry and uh, if you're struggling, then you want to do everything in your power to correct that. And if you're doing everything in your power and trying everything in your power, and if you're praying about it, if you're letting the Holy Spirit lead you uh, as you go, and then then by no means I have no problem with giving to you if the Lord says give to you. Okay? So, I just want to clarify this. And I keep saying Africa and people in Africa. That's because of, in the ministry, that's who I've dealt with. People from Africa... Um, and mostly who I've dealt with, I, I have, there's a family in Africa that I've known that's been with me since I very first started my ministry, Kingdom Ministries International. Uh, she is, her family is blessed now. Most of her family or her close family, immediate family has gotten saved uh, through the ministry. Um, the Lord, her, her um, testimony is amazing. And I thank God for her every day. And she has been the one member that has been faithful. She's no longer a member of my ministry. She is a visitor of my ministry. But I am so glad and happy to see her to see her uh, raised up in the Lord and to see how the Lord has blessed her life and to see how our ministry and our friendship, um, my ministry and, and our friendship has uh, blessed her life. And she is from South Africa. We have never met in person. I hope to one day go to Africa. I hope to one day um, have a church in South Africa. Um, but, you know, she she is blessed. And so everyone that lives in Africa is not bad. That's not what I'm saying. You know, I'm saying there are huge differences, differences between Ameri- America and Africa. And if we want to give in that area... Or in any country, we need to understand the schematics, the demographics, uh, uh, the uh, scam artists, or what people tend to use as scams. So then that way we are not taken advantage of. Because wisdom is power. Knowledge is power. Amen. I know that this is a very long uh, episode, but the things that need to be said needed to be said with urgency. So much so that the Lord woke me up at 4 o'clock this morning. 
and I was working on the sermon notes yesterday and he wanted me to speak this. So finally, we're going to end with the final scripture, which again, I've already mentioned Acts 3, 6, but Peter said, I do not have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazarene. Get up and walk. And that's the New Living Translation. So he said, I didn't have, I don't have anything to give you at the time. He didn't have any money or anything to give at the time. But what he did have was Jesus. And the greatest gift we could give anybody is salvation. And we're not giving salvation. The Lord gives the salvation, but to introduce someone to Christ, to tell them about Jesus, to let them know that God is the God of the universe, that he is the one true God, to let them know that he does save and he does heal and he does deliver, to let them know that he is real and he will move on your behalf. So with the power of the resurrection power, working through Peter, he's gave him Jesus Christ almost so in a literal form that the power of his word and the authority that in which he in which he spoke and the depth of which he spoke to this person told him to get up and walk and they got up and walk they got up and they walked he could have gave Peter could have gave that charge right all the power all the authority you know, Christ moving through him and the person still could have sat there. And this is what I'm saying. This is the difference. There are some people that have the ability to get something that everything is laid there before them, but because they feel as though it's not a good enough opportunity or because they know of other places where they may be able to get more they don't take that opportunity. I want to tell you, if you are in an impoverished situation, in a poverty um, situation, struggling financially, what God can give you is an opportunity. God can send you a Peter to say, get up and walk. And you must catch a hold of that word. And you must get up and walk. You must be willing You must have expectation for the word says that if you pray and if I'm praying to God and I really don't believe in my heart that he's going to give me anything that I'm asking for, then what is the point of my prayer? That's in first John chapter five. What is the point of my prayer? What is my Christianity Christianity built on if I don't believe in the name of the Lord and if I don't have confidence in what the Lord can do for me? I'm not saying you're not going to worry. I'm not saying you're not going to stress. I'm not saying that you're not going to go through an emotional response. And then what happens when I have been taken advantage of, as I said, as I have been scammed, I could have been resentful towards all Africans and just generalize them. But I still have a love for Africa and I still have a love for the African people regardless of what has happened to me in the past. The past is the past, forgetting those things which are behind me. But what I do do is I want to bring knowledge to others so that they are not taken advantage of. 
even when you follow someone on social media, especially um, someone who is a celebrity, make sure that it is verified, okay? Make sure that it is verified, that they have that little blue check mark next to their name, because most likely if they do not have that little blue check mark next to their name, most likely they are not the real person. And then sometimes, even when they are the real person, they may have um, another company, you know, managing their uh, their uh, their social media um, website or whatever. So just be mindful of that. And then there's some people that are the real people who don't have that little blue check mark. But if you Google their name and say official site, it will lead you to the official site. Make sure that you do research, okay? Because if, if you are giving me something, there's no way that I have to pay for it. If you want to give me something, you know, there was that scam one time where people were saying, um, I'm going to give you $100,000 or I have $100,000 to give you, but uh, the postage fees or such and such fees have to be paid first before I can give you the $100,000. It's definitely a scam. So if someone is going to give you something, then how can it? Why would they ask you to pay for it? Or if someone is rich, why would they ask you for money? Doesn't make sense, right? But sometimes we get caught up in our emotions and sometimes we get caught up in the illusion or the idea of being with this person or the idea of the uh, being rich and being in love with that, you know, that uh, we lose our common sense or we get caught up in the moment and in the emotions and we're not thinking clearly so please ma'am please sir use wisdom in your giving and in your response if you've been taken advantage of in the past please don't let it make you bitter forgive what is your response to those who have done you wrong that's what all this has been about god bless